Welcome to another episode of After Further Review with Mark Ferreira and John Pelkey. Jeff Taylor, our producer on the board. We are joined uh, by a former producer of After Further Review back in the day. Uh, it was 2012. Uh, let's see, it was September of 2012 to November no of 2012. No one cares. November of 2012. Not, not a soul cares. Nobody who's listening cares. Second, the second round. You've already lost them. You've, you've already lost them. And they, we lost <laughs> already. It's oh, it's him. over. That's him. him the yeah. Four people, as if the four, the four people that watch this, John, right, clearly are happy to see Brian Winnegar. Oh and I'm well, just reminding course. them of the the amount of time he spent with us producing okay. our I, show. It's, and, it's and, you, all... and you're trying to cut. You're trying to minimize that. No, no, no. I'm. You, you know exactly what I'm doing. At full disclosure, because I am out there for the AFR. I'm not. I'm not like you, Mark. I'm not. I'm not hiding behind some facade of the hail fellow well met. You know, Mark's a guy you can count on. Come on, look at look at Brian laughing immediately when I said that. Uh, I'm out there, and I'm letting everybody know this is merely misdirection for me because I don't want to talk about the NBA draft. That's it. That's all I'm doing. Is I'm just I'm avoiding it at all costs because honestly. I, I know so little, so little, and I don't want to talk about just Lamelo Bell again. John, it's not about you though, Johnny. It's about that's why we brought Brian in. It's not about your lack of knowledge. It's about Brian's. I don't. I don't care for the show. I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't care for the show if it goes too long without me talking. That's uh, just John. What I, was that. say. I think, that's I think everyone it. knows that. I think that is very, very clear. John is pulling a statue of Liberty right now that rivals Boise State against Oklahoma in the 2007 Sugar Bowl. You know, and you know what? That seems to me, Mark, a good segue to let's talk about the great college football bowl matchups of all time. And go. <laughs> There's Brian no Winnegar. doubt that the military industrial bowl, which was Army and Stanford back in 93, Mark, come on. <laughs> See, now that's an okay matchup. That's an okay matchup. It's, it's Akron versus, you know, Louisiana Tech. Who cares? Hey, by the way, done. by the way, the Zips played last night. Akron played last they, night. Did they really? Uh, I had, yep, they did. And on a uh, Tuesday night, Neat. they just they got they got boat wow. race. But I'd like to take an entire segment to talk about that, if I could. First of all, Brian Winnegar joins us from Pittsburgh. He was our producer from 2012 to 2012, from 2014 to 2016. And uh, there was a lot of months in there, at least 12, maybe 13, maybe 16. Uh, and and perhaps was it true, Brian, that during the course of producing, after further review, is where you met the future, your future wife and future mother of your child? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, she walked in as an intern, and uh, thanks to Russ Williams, former sales manager, remember Russ? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We yeah, met, yeah. we met, and the rest is history. And now, uh, uh, and and by intern, for those of you listening who might not know, Brian means every single one of us that took part in that endeavor were essentially <laughs> unpaid interns. So, you know, just want to just want to throw that out there that she came in on even footing. She came. She in saw on me. Even she saw me at my worst. You know, so I only I was only going up from there. <laughs> no, but uh, it, and it when was, we uh, did make money, we were being paid by by criminal endeavors. Turns yeah. out, we could just talk about that if you want. I thought that's why you're bringing me on, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You thought I'm it interested. stopped with you thought it stopped with payola. No, no, folks. <laughs> there are underworld connections to barely listened to sports talk radio stations right off of I four and go. <laughs> <laughs> no, but guys, thanks for having me on. Hearing that uh, intro music really, really brought back back the feels. A great, great time, and uh, you know you're in good hands with Jeff. Jeff, I'm sure me and him could go on about the uh, different challenges of, of of managing John and uh, and Mark, but the, but the more more joy of anything, more laughs, and it's a fun fun show to be a part of. So thanks for having me. But, but as long as we're cutting up. As long as we're cutting into the NBA draft segment, I'm all for it. Let's right. talk about it. Well, right. first, before I get to that, if you notice, I'm in I'm in a basement right now, and I wanted to set this up because you asked me to be an analyst on this. And if my mother owned this house, I would be coming you from to you from my mother's basement with Cheeto fingers, which is exactly the place you want to hear from when we're talking about the NBA draft. So it adds to my credibility. 
I what, agree. what other uh, NBA analysts you think uh, make that their studio, if you will? Really, you're going to have me name names right now? <laughs> I think, I think just, early on we're going to have, have you name Let me names. tell you, I know, I know for a fact David Aldridge, David Aldridge lives in a uh, submerged tanker truck. <laughs> he lives in a submerged tanker truck outside of Houston. And uh, there was one that you just couldn't stand, Brian. There was one that you just there really, many, really. Mark. <laughs> Not just you one. Just, you had just full judgment on them. Mm-hmm. They, they just were, were not making the grade at all. And is it because it, you just think they were just full of a, just full of a bunch of bullshit, basically? They're just well, making yes. stuff up. Yes. Well, it, it always. So no me. different from what this segment's going to be then. Sure. Perfect. It just always bugs me when I hear uh, said people, you know, critique these athletes in a certain way where it's like, can you even dribble a basketball? You know, could you? <laughs> and they, they talk about it with such, uh, you know, pride and like, you know, it's almost like they're on their high horse. And that just rubs me the wrong way. And I think that's uh, that's typical out there. But it's I don't care for his footwork or his <laughs> athleticism, <laughs> Phil. Hey, hold, hold on. Yeah, the triple meatball sub. Yeah. And a cup of exactly. hot fat. Great. Yeah, no, I tell you, he's lazy. Doesn't work hard. <laughs> yeah, he's out of breath just walking down the court, much less dribbling the court. Were you playing one-on-one with LaMelo Bell? Uh, 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 I just go, I went and watched him from above the lower bowl. Jesus, God. Oh, help me. He's a lazy player. All right, so we're, we're going to have to talk about it. We're going to have to throw a bone to this thing. And uh, it's it's today. It's tonight. Um, full disclosure, I've never cared about the NBA draft. Like from, from Patrick Ewing on, essentially, I've never cared about it. I did care, I guess, occasionally when the Orlando Magic had the number one pick with Shaq, what turned out to be Penny. I think they picked Chris Webber at the time. And uh, with Dwight Howard. But uh, I've never cared. What's been your level of care Brian Winnegar of the NBA draft, say from, ah, say from 03 to 2015. Well, I think with, with any draft, I, I don't like getting caught up on giving draft grades or projecting what this player is going to do. I'm more about the storyline of it. And, you know, usually with the NBA draft, you've, you've got this, this, you know, game changer talent coming in. Like last year was Zion William. Williamson, you had, of course, LeBron James in 03, uh, probably the best draft class ever. Um, not so much this year. I think a lot of people are calling this year draft uh, the worst since 2001. Somebody actually said that. And I, I don't like saying that because we haven't seen them play. Uh, who would have thought, you know, the Greek freak uh, Giannis would be, would be a, a, you know, without LeBron James, would be the best player in the NBA right now. And I think he was drafted, what, like 13th or something. So you never know with, with these guys. But I think a lot of it has to do with, too, we haven't seen them play. I mean, you know, a lot of these guys, especially LaMelo Ball, which we'll get to, is probably the sexiest pick in the draft. He's, he's spent his entire uh, uh, professional career overseas. Um, so we really haven't seen them play. We, we got robbed uh, with the college season last year with, with no March Madness, where usually the stars start to emerge and you start to get excited about these players. So... I think that mainly is, is, is what the downfall is with this. But there's some guys uh, in this draft class that I think, just by looking at it, I think could be uh, you know, um, generational players. Well, and what's interesting, Brian, we talked about this yesterday, is with the lack of time and the lack of ability to scout, and to your point, you know, no March Madness, so we're not seeing these guys against elite talent, perhaps, depending on where they've chosen to play. It'll be interesting, and drafts are always more interesting about three years in the rearview mirror anyway, but this will be interesting, I said to Mark yesterday, to see if there's any better or worse percentage on hitting on your draft, uh, on, on your draft pick um, because a lot of guys will tell you all that happens when you have more time is you either talk yourself out of guys you should have picked or you talk yourself into guys you shouldn't because you just, you know, you, there's so much information coming at you. So I'm really going to be interested uh, in, in a few years because to your point, what we might see in this draft is a lot of diamonds in the rough that we might not have seen otherwise because they didn't have a good workout or, 
you know, their team exited March Madness early. So it, it is an interest. I make fun of it, but it is really, really interesting. But there is a, agreement to what you said, Brian, that this is not as talent rich a draft as we've seen in the past. And what you're seeing why teams are as willing to trade as they are. So we may see a little bit of that at the top of the order. Yeah, I think about, I mean, you know, going to the NFL, look at look at what Joe Burrow did last year. And he even said it himself. If if if, if I didn't have last season, I'd be selling car insurance. You know, I'd, <laughs> I'd be selling insurance. He catapulted himself with one one year to the number one number one draft pick. And a lot of these guys use March Madness to do the same. I think mm-hmm. of, uh, John Morant, you know, last year in the tournament was unbelievable. And he, he I think he went second or third in the draft. And obviously he's developed into a a really great pro. So I, I do agree with John. I think there's gonna be a lot of diamonds in the rough, um, but we'll, we'll get to LaMelo Ball. But I think the guy I'm looking at right now is James uh, Wiseman out of Memphis. This guy was a uh, Gatorade player of the year in high school. He was the number one prospect. Uh, Memphis, he only played three games last year. He was hurt for a little bit. And then he had the NCAA uh, suspension, which don't get me started on that. Are you, <laughs> So what what happened was last year, uh, Penny Hardaway, uh, coach of Memphis, actually paid for his family to move to Memphis, gave him like $11,000, and then that that took his eligibility out, um, which is pretty crazy. If I get a new job, they pay for my moving expenses. But, yeah, relocation. You know, but these student athletes don't get that. But I think James Wiseman, he's seven foot one. a lot, a lot of comparisons to uh, Anthony Davis. This guy can run the floor. Uh, he is, he averaged 20, 20 points, 10 rebounds, four blocks, uh, for Memphis. But this guy is, is things that makes me more excited about anything is the situation he's going into the golden state warriors have played this tank or, you know, virus situation better than anybody. I mean, I don't know. I don't know any situation better than what happened to golden state. Uh, you know, they're essentially getting clay Thompson back. They're getting James Wiseman back. I would not be surprised if they are if they're in the finals next year and if they they win the whole thing next year. Um, he he's James Wiseman. I, I think is going to be the guy that we look back three four years from now as as the guy that that really hit. Well, and you're right about the situation. You're right about the situation. Golden State oh, gets perfect. a big like this with with Durant and uh, Clay coming back, along with Curry. It's it's the dream scenario that they've been trying to put together. Uh, for the last five years and did so with some success, obviously. But if they have a, I don't know, quote unquote, franchise center <laughs> along with everything else, oh, my goodness, that's scary. Well, in their situation that you, you look at the NBA, it really you build through free agency. You went through free agency a lot of times in the NBA. But Golden State, besides a couple years ago with Durant, Golden State has really built a championship dynasty out of the draft. And I think they're going to do the same thing this year. That's remarkable. And we've totally forgotten about them. You, you know, I know as as it is, as it plays out, we've completely forgotten about the Golden State Warriors. They were, were they're one year away from being in the NBA finals and losing two major assets in the finals. And that's why they lost to Toronto pretty much. And of course, because they were so irrelevant this year, because they well, they what the second the second worst record. Right, mm-hmm. yep. second worst record, yep, uh, or the, or the worst record. Games. I I know. Right, so everyone's forgotten about them. They're they're on the back burner. The Lakers were the story, and in in one draft and in and in one year, they're going to be completely back. And that rivalry, potential rivalry, uh, between L.A. and Golden State will be great, and it may even surpass the uh, the faux rivalry between the Clippers and the Lakers, which never really materialized. Well, Mark, we actually did. Talk, Mark, we actually did. Remember, we talked about the other day because we said with the bubble situation, there's literally one winner, and that's the Lakers. And the second biggest winner in the NBA was probably the Golden State Warriors in the end, because, uh, again, the worst thing that they could have happened is win a bunch of games and have to go play, you know, uh, with partially injured guys and try there. You know, they're going to try to make a run at it, I'm sure, if they get there. But uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And they uh, they have set themselves up absolutely perfectly. And I can't see any reason why they're not number one, two or three for uh, with odds for championship next year. Well, really? and the other thing too is that the fact that you, the the thing that they've been missing this entire time, if if you, if you could call anything missing, is is that legit center, that legit big man. Exactly, exactly. And 
you've got a guy in James Wiseman just pretty much fall in your lap. So not only are they in a great draft position, but they're getting that need by ultimately, I think, taking the best talent on the board now. And that, and that's, and that's kind of where, where I'm going to go with the, the number one pick. I think James Wiseman would be the number one pick if it wasn't Minnesota and right. them having, Car, you know, Carl Anthony Towns already there. Uh, so I, I, I think LaMelo Ball is going to go number one. I think he fits better in that uh, system with, you know, Russell and like I said, Towns and, um, you know, I, I think LaMelo Ball, I think the knock on him, which is pretty unfair. He gets judged based off his father's antics. He gets judged based on what Lonzo, you know, really hasn't mm-hmm. materialized. Uh, so little things are, are unfair with that. But I, I think LaMelo Ball is, is in a position where he's been a pro. He's 19 years old. He's been a pro for almost two years now. He's been famous for four years now. So he, he's able he's, he, he's been able to kind of deal with all of that. And by all accounts, he really has his head on straight. And I think he, you know, from listening to interviews, he, he wants to be great. You know, he, he, he wants to be this guy that can average a triple-double uh, uh, a game. You know, he wants to be that kind of player. And I think, I think it's kind of unfair, uh, you know, the knocks on him. You know, is he mature enough? Is, is he spoiled? I heard that. You know, is he well, it's also they've questioned his, his toughness has been questioned, which is interesting because Michael Jordan apparently loves the kid. And Jordan's teams have traditionally the team has, as an owner have not been tough teams. Uh, and that's kind of the uh, the knock on him. But I, I, I think and there and there's still a lot of speculation that Jordan might try to go up and get him and, you know, move up, uh, make a splash with him. But I think the other thing is I don't think you can minimize the fact that Minnesota as a, a smaller market team without the things that what might entice his father to become, you know, if you're in Chicago or a larger market, uh, I think it's, you know, it's easier to exploit for lack of a better word, your celebrity Minnesota just might be a good fit for the kid because it is a smaller market and to play alongside Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, that's, you know, you can't really, can't really ask for much more if you're LaMelo Bell. Yeah. Well, and ultimately I think too, the whole, you know, Lamar ball, circus that was i mean that was hitting its climax when lonzo was getting drafted so there was a lot of those distraction talk i think you know he still gets on uh these these shows and talks a little bit but nobody's really paying that much attention to lamar ball it's almost like enough time has passed that uh you know Lamelo can kind of be his own his own guy exactly it's good his uh his 15 minutes have have passed and no one i'm going to continue to call him by the wrong last name just to cut him down to size i'm going to continue to say bell from this point (laughs) forward just so joaquin joaquin balagar joaquin a former sports host at the espn club has chimed in and said do do the warriors because i guess there is some talk brian of the Warriors trading down because they can package a few of their picks together. But I think with the, what you just outlined and the fact that this is a need that they've been trying to fill uh, in the, in the entire, really the entire run of the dynasty uh, makes it pretty clear, at least in your mind and mine. And I think John's as well. And I'm going to speak for Jeff, his as well, uh, <laughs> that they're going to stay there at number two. Some things haven't changed. I, I actually disagree. I think they may trade down because I don't think that they need a center for the style of basketball. Draymond Green played center with them for them when they were winning championships. I think they may look for somebody that can play more of a stretch three, and uh, that seemed to work. I mean, it was Kevin Durant, so obviously you're probably not going to find that kind of talent, but that system seemed to work with a guy like that. So there's a possibility somebody could trade up and get Wiseman. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, and going back to what we we're talking about, the lack of exposure that these these guys have had. I mean, Wiseman played three games at Memphis. <laughs> I, I, I have to believe that if he was healthy and Memphis was good. Memphis was really good yep. last year. Yep. If they made if they made a little bit of a run there, I, I think Wiseman is without a doubt the consensus number one. Um, and then you're talking about maybe. Uh, uh, Minnesota trading that that first pick, um, but you, who knows? You can't you can't teach seven foot one. Right, can't teach height. No, that's a good, good great point. But it's also about depth too. It's also that. It's also having your 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 second line, if you will, be able to to you know to not lose really any momentum at all, and your plus minus statistics and all those analytics sort of maintaining themselves when uh, you know when your starters are getting some rest. I mean that's also big, and maybe that's what Golden State does. Who knows? They just shore up on a lot of depth. 
But I love the idea of getting a franchise type center in there to to compliment, which is hilarious to say, the rest of those guys uh, who supposedly are going to be healthy coming up this year. Especially, this is another break, John. The, the season doesn't even start until December now. Yep. Yeah, I know. So, I, like I said, we, we again, one winner in the bubble, and that's the, the Lakers, and then a bunch of teams that, you know, played – you know, went through that for nothing and the Golden State Warriors. I, I think I, I think it is perfect, but I, I'm going to echo. I'm not going to echo what Jeff said, but I'm I agree uh, that uh, I have been reading exactly the, the, the same things, though, about the, the trading down that everybody at the top of this draft is open for phone calls right now. And you just you just you never know a larger market team that's not playing well. Somebody wants to make a splash. Um, but people are saying, you, you know, you'd rather have three shots at hitting on somebody in this draft than just one and particularly one way up at the top that you might swing and miss on because history tells us no matter how good we think these guys are joe barry carroll was going to be the greatest player in the history of basketball and uh so it, it just it does make all kidding aside it makes this really interesting because everybody believes that they're if one of these dominoes and movements happens uh you could see a lot of that in the draft mm -hmm. tonight yeah and that's always that's always the X factor whenever it's the NFL draft or NBA draft. The, the, the trades almost come out of nowhere sometimes because I, I like to believe some, these guys, these people, these reporters that are saying who's going to trade here, they're, they're getting fed false information in order sure. to kind of maybe skew it over. So it, it, we could see the Knicks move to number one. I mean, I know there was – so anything can happen. It's it, only only these teams know what's going to happen, but I think – I think when it all, it's all said and done, I mean, I, I wherever James uh, Wiseman lands, I I, I think he's going to be the the guy. But who knows? You know, uh, if I'm any team in the East, I'm trying to trade assets, do whatever to trade up in this draft. Because if James Harden ends up going to Brooklyn, everybody in the East is in rebuild mode because they have zero chance of winning the East if that happens. And it looks like it might. Well. Now, is D'Antoni the new coach in Brooklyn? No, he's an assistant. Okay, I thought I thought he became the head coach there because no, that would have Steve, Steve Nash. That would immediately have uh, have put them out because he does <laughs> not he does not go past the first round of the playoffs. They Walter with with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden on the same team. I think I probably could coach that team to at least the East the Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's that's the thing though. Everyone assumes that a lot of talent is 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 the answer. And I think the coaching is always overlooked in the NBA. I really do. Uh, you, mm -hmm. you look at you, you look at the Bulls with with Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan when when Doug Collins was there. They they maybe made it to the final round of the playoffs. I mean in the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference Finals, but it took Phil Jackson, and, and the same with Los Angeles, with Shaq and Kobe. They had Dell Harris, and they needed mm -hmm. Phil Jackson to do it. I don't think a lot of talent. Look at what happened with Doc. The, the Clippers, supposedly loaded with talent, and a perfect matchup against the Lakers, couldn't even get to the Western Conference Finals for crying See, now Nana, so, Nana chiming in. Nana chiming in. I think we underrate the coach. Nana chiming in, Mark. Nana chiming in with three prima donnas. <laughs> you know and you know funny? what? Not, it's not, it's, that's not an uncommon take if, when people start hearing this at all. And the funny thing is, is that Kevin Durant and James Harden already played on a team together with three pre-Badanas, and it did not work out. So unless Russell Westbrook was the problem, that she Nana, I'm going to say she's right. <laughs> she's right. Book I, I, I like to make sure my, my, my Nana front is in good, good keep. So I'm going to say smart she's right. man. I, I will say that that was the Oklahoma City. That was the furthest they got. They got to the finals right that year, and mm -hmm. uh, with with Durant and uh, Harden and Westbrook. But um, again, you know, we'll see. So Steve Nash too. Steve Nash, not a not a massive uh, championship pedigree either. You know, in his playing Buddy, days. But he's Canadian, and as we know, they're better people. Right. They yeah, may not so. be. They're, they're not as. They're they're not. They're not the winners we are, though, John. And we want. He's very welcoming, though. He's very welcoming. He, he's welcoming, but, on the team. but we want people that win. We want he's the winners. Anti, he's the anti-Matt Patricia. They're winning the COVID you know, battle, Mark. That's right. And he's they the anti-Matt nice Patricia. Who nice Matt work. Patricia? Matt Patricia apparently greets everyone with uh, "Go fuck off." That's how he <laughs> begins all conversations 
if you are to believe what what we're reading is that he sure. literally would walk into and i know I've, I've switched gears completely but i just think you know the joke about canadians are so you know like a canadian calling nine one one. hey uh yo the house is on yep i'll wait <laughs> you know and and then but apparently matt patricia guys are saying he'd just walk into a meeting where nobody was talking and to see just start with shut the fuck up you know so there there you go so he'll be very welcoming to those guys but it is uh it would be the other thing to remember though is the east is pretty meh. i don't know i mean they you miami know, they, good certainly they're the, yeah. but I, the east i mean it, it is a pretty diluted east comparatively yeah, I agree. I agree. Those guys could go through it without any. They may need, not even need a coach. Just go out and play a little street ball. <laughs> go without think, a coach, Brooklyn. Do that. <laughs> just do. Stop thinking of fucking money. You'll save. What the hell? Yeah. Didn't they have they had player coaches back in the beginning? They'll they'll be fighting each other in the locker room. You know, game Who gives seven. A shit. Yeah, everybody no, it, gets a different cab as they're going out to just all night smoke I, weed. I, and I know, Come but on. It'll, be, it'll be Harden scoring eighty points one night. You know, and and Durant just walking off the court. You know, and not showing up for another yeah. week. It's like well, that's because Harden will go forty for eighty to get the eighty points. How awesome would it be, though, for Brooklyn to play Golden State in the NBA Finals? What a story. How much is Draymond Green going to foul Kevin Durant if that happens? He will foul out the first quarter of the first game. I, for one, would love to see it. We'll see. All right. So anyone, anyone else, Brian, that uh, that strikes you as interesting in this, or or we can move on. And you can you can stay here and join us with the rest of the show if you'd like. We're just going to talk NFL and NCAA. yeah. You don't want to miss progressive trivia. No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing progressive trivia today. Because what? John, Thank God, because I don't have it. It was <laughs> on the menu. Now you're sending me. Now you're sending me false menu, menus for God's yes, sake. I know. Do you I, need I, me anymore? Because I, I could go. I'm making chili. I've sent you a text that didn't actually turn out correct. Boy, what a shock that is. So, no, I, I, I didn't do it. John, John is opposed to it. John has has. We don't have anything to do it. But why don't have any hard? Why? So take take us through that thought process today. You were you were you were. Just I was going to do it. You're driving and you were debating. I, 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 I was going to do it. What happened? What? I I stopped the car. I I okay. texted the menu because I didn't want to text and drive. I stopped the car. I texted the menu to him. And the menu had uh, included progressive, and I thought it was a pretty fun thing. The most unlike the NFL topic is the most un the most likely unlikely Super Bowl matchups. I thought that was very clever, mm. you know, like like a Carolina, like a uh, Arizona and Miami. You know, that's an unlikely Super Bowl matchup, but it could be likely if the thing if the right things break sure. because those two teams. Sure. So I thought I was very proud. I did the same thing with the NCAA college football playoff. Like, does does Cincinnati break in or does BYU break in? And I was so I was I couldn't wait for John's retort to that. And all it was about was progressive trivia. Boo. Well, what's all saying? the air out of my balloon, Brian? Just I, just. Just collapse. You know how that is. You go from high as a kite to total depression. I can probably do an impersonation. I just just let it go and just didn't care. I can do an impersonation of the angel and the devil on Mark's shoulders. Uh, The angel was John and Mark was thinking, should I do progressive trivia? And John was like, progressive trivia. And then the devil goes, stepping up, Davey Lopes. Mm, There it is. So you send the text, John, you get the text and what happened? You open up the text and your eyes just go straight to the progressive trivia. I immediately is what I was looking for. Right now there were emojis included. So I know that was, he was trying to soften the blow uh, by throwing some emojis up there. So I go, what? You gave me this one. Progressive trivia. Oh, golly. So sorry. (laughs) I thought that was sorry. Progressive trivia. This one, you know, yeah, this one. Yeah. You know, you know, and, <laughs> there you and go. There there you one go. with sunglasses at the end. I just thought, look at look at the time I'm investing yeah. in in this uh, g- giving him the rundown, which is normally not what we do anymore. We used to spend hours doing that, and then yeah. the last the last ten twelve episodes, it's like seven Same. seconds. Open, yeah. blah, 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 and we just yeah. send it. It's like open I, NFL, progressive, more NFL, progressive. Potpourri, which is generally NFL, and then maybe we talk college football. But that's because, the show. Know. I mean, this show, yeah. it, there's no s- script. There's no, uh, no. B- things that you have to, you know, talk about, you know, because no. let's be honest, it never goes that way. And you no. guys, what makes that- you guys special is that 
you could just turn the mics on. That's what I thought was going to happen today. You just turn the mics on and boom, let's, <laughs> let's start talking um, because you, you, yeah. you've got that. Yeah, that's the, the, the brand is not having a brand in a way. Yeah. It's just uh, hanging out with Mark and John and see where style. it goes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so progressive is not happening, John. So, okay. so you've won. You've, you, you've, you've won the victory, John. You, you, you know, you, uh, <laughs> you, you help me uh, have some existen- existential ennui. Ah, well, I saw them open for the DBs at the 930 Club, existential <laughs> ennui. My God. Synth pop band doing nothing but Bach. It was outstanding. Tell you right. So anyone else, Brian, comes to mind? Tyrese Halliburton? How about that guy? <laughs> <laughs> How about the guy who is responsible for all I kinds of wars in Iraq? Never. I believe, I, I believe he's associated I with that I, I do love the, uh, the knock on uh, Obi Toppin, the, the, the forward on a Dayton stud. What's the knock? He's 22. Yeah. That's the knock. That's career, the, career. He's 22 years old. He's over the hill. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Taking a lot of, so. taking a lot of pounding. Playing those thirty <laughs> games a year in college basketball for four actual years, you know, <laughs> right? Good Last lord, playing twenty. So, all right, so let's move on. We are are actually going to talk about the NFL. I, I love this topic. The most likely, unlikely, like likely, unlikely Super Bowl matchups, and I threw out the Cardinals and the Dolphins because those are my two favorite teams right now in terms of the most unexpected success. And I know that I'm overreacting with the Cardinals because they won on a Hail Mary and they probably got outplayed by Buffalo. They did get outplayed by Buffalo, but who cares? It's, it's the NFL and I'm overreacting. And I, that, that matchup would be phenomenal, but we all know that Miami's not going to get past Pittsburgh and or Kansas city, especially well, Kansas city. And, uh, but I don't know about the NFC. NFC's wide open. Well, I tell you, if you'd have asked me, if you'd told me before the season that uh, there was a decent chance at a matchup, but uh, a, a rematch of the Buccaneers and the Raiders, I would have said you were nuts. But uh, the Raiders are playing some NFC football right now. They're big. They push you around. They're not, you know, you know, famously they they recruited or excuse me, they signed every Olympic sprinter ever, whether they played uh, football or not. They're a different team right now. I think Derek Carr has always been an underrated quarterback. So I think, you know, while Tampa Bay was a sexy pick, I really didn't think they were likely to get to the Super Bowl. A, it's in Tampa Bay, and it's just that just seems like it's a little too much on, on the nose. And I thought yeah. bringing new people in together like that, sometimes chemistry, I thought maybe that might actually be working better next year than this year. But uh, if that, you know, that's not surprising on both ends. But uh, I think it's pretty surprising that uh, the Oakland Raiders, when Denver was a sexy pick, you know, San Diego with the young quarterback, and John Gruden's actually a pretty good football coach. I think we forget that sometimes. I love the idea of the Raiders. I really do. I, I think that's a lot of fun. They're playing Kansas City again. I don't think they win the second time. They're the only team that, that have has beaten the, the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are just too good, and now that their defense is – I think a top five defense. I, I don't mm-hmm. think anyone gets by them. The people don't repeat, what, what's your you most uh, what's your most repeat. likely unlikely? That's true. Good call. I mean, they do, but it could be it could be the next uncommon. dynasty, John. It could be back to back dynasty. It could be, but it's I'd go with it. It's true. uncommon, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Pittsburgh might have something to say about that. Yeah, there's usually a little a little uh, little time in between. How about you, Bry? Well, I mean, I I, I love I love. The Cardinal Miami matchup. I love those two young quarterbacks. I mean, what Kyler Murray's doing right now is just so, so fun, fun, so exciting. I mean, he's going to yep. potentially, well, what he has, he has 10 rushing touchdowns already, going to rush for over 1,000 yards. And yeah, first I one, 4,000 yards passing, 1,000 yards rushing. He, it, it, he's just, he's so crazy because when he starts, when he drops back and he starts to run, he almost looks like, you know, Eckler out there or, you know, some kind of like Christian McCaffrey, like he's, he, he turns, he like morphs into a running back and uh, you know, he, it's, it's absolutely incredible, but I, I think, you know, unlikely, um, well, kind of put me on the spot here. You know, I, I of course being in Pittsburgh, I, I, I'd love to see the Steelers. It's just something doesn't feel right about the Steelers to me that it just doesn't feel like they, they are complete a complete team, but it just doesn't feel like they are 
nine and oh, you know, they're, they're that, they're that, that, that nine and oh dominant team. You know, that might bode well for them. It, yeah. it might bode well, but it reminds me of 04, Ben's first year, which they were 15 and one, and you just never got the feeling they were going to get by the Patriots, and they didn't in the championship game. They played them, but they, but they lost. And it just felt like that the entire year. And it sort of feels like that this year that they'll, they'll, they're nine and oh, they might finish 15 and one again this year. And they, I just, there is something about it that I, that I just don't think they can get by the, uh, the Chiefs. And uh, so it may be a very similar situation. Jeff, anything come to mind for you? The Colts, I think, are a, a team that could be, could be there. 77 Broncos. They're the 77 Broncos, Mark John, Ferreira. I know. I know. John Ralston coached. No, no, no. Red, that's wrong. No, red, that was, uh, was going to say Red Barber. I was going to say Red, red Barber. Gray. That'd be interesting. <laughs> oh, it's the old redhead here on the sidelines. That's right, folks. I did a 70-year-old radio reference. So, you know, octogenarians, subscribe. They love our show. Yeah, everyone subscribe to the YouTube channel, by the way. That's how we can monetize this thing. That's how we can stay on the air. So <laughs> <laughs> if you want more jokes about Raymond Burr and pudding, <laughs> help us stay on the air. Ladies. Brought to you by Lucky Strikes. Nine yeah. out of ten doctors smoke Lucky Strike. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, subscribe. Just subscribe. Yeah, it's please, easy. Dude. You don't have to watch the show. We have nothing, you, people. You don't have to like the show. Might save a life. You don't. It may save mine or John's <laughs> life. Yeah, it might save us from walking into the ocean. Bruce Dernit. Uh, Bruce Dernit right in. At the end of coming home, yes. We talked about how we'll never work in our chosen fields again. What's he talking about? Coming home. Are they nude in that? I hate it when they get nude. Why can't they just be shooting the Japanese? I I got one for you, Mark. Wow. Yes. (laughs) How about Buffalo and Seattle? Ooh. Ooh, that's fun, though. No, I don't like that at all. Be like you don't like it. You don't like no, uh, Josh don't. Allen against Russell Wilson. I don't. I know C- Seattle's defense is very suspect. Um, it's very suspect. I, I I don't really buy Buffalo. I don't know why. I I, I like Josh Allen. I do like Josh Allen. Um, Lenny said something about Green Bay and Buffalo. I I don't really buy Green Bay either. I think Green Bay is. I, I like Devonte Adams and 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 Aaron Rodgers. And their running game is is clearly stepping up, but I don't know. They they struggle against, the, the, you know. They, I just don't trust Green Bay either. I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Li- I don't think that's likely. I mean, Seattle could get hot. Cool. The fact that that uh, Russell Wilson has ten turnovers in the last three games is just a bad spell. Yeah. But mm-hmm. no one believes he he and he sort of always does that. There's always a lot of talk about Russell Wilson early on in the in the year about MVP. Always seems to be a little energy toward that, a little momentum, and then something happens in the middle of the year and he's like an afterthought. You know, it's 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 someone else. So it's Kyler Murray now or whomever it is. And mm-hmm. uh and and then inevitably, inevitably because he's that clutch he gets off his backside, if you will. He just shrugs off the fact he's had 10 turnovers, and uh, he adjusts his game, and he doesn't press as much, and he doesn't try and make up for the deficiencies on the defense, and they're, and they're in the mix again. So I, I, I don't think there's anything, you know, but I think they're not having a, a top-10 team at the moment, the, uh, uh, really. the Seahawks. And I th- I've got one. Yeah, I I've don't got think- one. I've got one. Yes. Tw- 2020. So this is just out of left field. 30th anniversary, Giants-Bills. Daniel Jones getting hot. The Giants going to Giants are best team in that division right now. Sure, sure, they're they going to come in at a lusty six and ten yeah. uh, with a you know, and and they'll get they'll get an early. Uh, who would they get? They, they at, at this point they get uh, Saints. The Saints without mm-hmm. Drew Brees. Jameis throws four, you know, seven picks, seventeen first half. Just it's literally he sets a record. He throws. Yeah, he, he's handing off to the wrong team. Even just right. just shit's happening, and he's got no idea. And just under, and they just get on a little bit of a run. And Daniel Jones, and honestly, you know, we've talked about Giants are playing actually pretty well. They were they were kind of you know like Miami was last year, not winning games, but everybody's like, eh, kind of, 
you know, there's not an easy game against them, and they're figuring out what they can do with their young quarterback. So there you go, the 30th anniversary of a game played in Tampa. And, oh, by the way, where's it being played this year? In Tampa again. Nice 2020, call. why not? Nice why not, people? 30 years, and that was one of the best Super Bowls of all time, people, a, people say. Yeah, and you've got a you got a, 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 a Buffalo team that you know with Josh Allen, kind of a you know it's not the K gun, obviously, but it's but you know, they toss high, it around, kind of, and then you've got this this uh, Giants team that seemingly looks like they're they play hard, they're well coached. Can they scheme the the, the young quarterback? I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Put your put it put it all on put it all in black, people. That's you what know, that's what it's like. This is what I'll the, say about Buffalo. Oh, sorry, Jeff. You wanna... No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was real quick, what I'll say about Buffalo, without that miracle at the end, this is a different – people's view on Buffalo is completely changed. Josh Allen led that team back, mm-hmm. uh, it, and, and it had a game-winning drive, had a great comeback. Uh, but because Kyler Murray and, and, and Hopkins with this incredible catch, all of a sudden, you know, I, I think right. just that one play changes everybody's view on Buffalo. I think they're, I think they're a really good team. Hurricanes, Boston College, Mark. That's the Flutie throw. I, right? I was, come about after that. I was going to say, of of all the likelihood of John's suggestion, the one thing I just really couldn't buy into is that Sean Payton sticks with Jameis after the first ten in the first quarter. <laughs> Jason Jason Hill's already lost a leg due to staff infection that happens oh, early in the no playoffs. <laughs> right? No, and, he has no choice but to stick with Jameis. That's it. There's there's no. Right. They they trade with Dallas for Andy Dalton inexplicably for like I don't know they they get a fifth round choice uh, and a kilo blow for Jerry Jones and his sons to stay up for like months on end to try to figure out how to how to how to bring this thing back to you know how do we get sure. Sure. how do we get tw- how can we clone Tom Brady and bring him back as a twenty five year old. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, and then they're all paranoid and they barricade themselves into their uh, palatial 70,000 square foot mansion outside of Dallas with like and more guns and Pancho Villa. Oh, I finally made a reference. I understand. Uh, you know, it's just it's just some sort of ugly. Yeah, it's fine. I think it's possible. I can see it go seven to nine. <laughs> just <laughs> seven to nine. Perfectly. Typical Dallas. Damn it, I thought we'd at least get 50. 50. Mm. <sighs> All right. So Start Buffalo. off three and two. You're right. Yeah, exactly. You're right, Brian. They, they were a play away from being eight and two mm. and having beaten Arizona and Seattle back to back. Two very good teams. So, you know, that's that is a good point. It's going to be very interesting the next Miami Buffalo game to see what happens because if you if you recall that was a pretty close game when Miami still hadn't figured out who they were uh, early on in the season that was pretty pretty close and to your point John outside of that Niners game which was inexplicably a, a blowout the Giants have sort of been in every game yeah and it's it's the Daniel Jones turnovers that have really held them back a lot and he's it's two games in a row without him. Yeah, and they've been they realized he's a he's actually a very good athlete for for a big guy. They've added more run pass option stuff in for him and, and it's working. So, you know, again, somebody's got to win that division and at this point, they really do look like the team that's trending in the right direction, certainly. AFC is uh very interesting. There's nine teams in the AFC that are 6 and 3 or better. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we can safely say that the Patriots are are playing a lot better right now and they, they could act as spoilers, but I'm not sure they're I think they might be too far behind to sneak into the playoffs, even if eight teams get in because of covid as opposed to the seven they're supposed to. Right. But that they've already lost the Buffalo. They they've already lost the Buffalo once. Right. So that's that head to head. If they had two head to head against Buffalo, I think maybe you could think, well, they could really go on a run and pick up some games quickly. But I, they've already lost to them. So. Yeah, it'll be tough, but I wouldn't want to play them right now either. I don't. I don't think Buffalo wins another game. I think that last play has is sort of what happened to me today with progressive trivia. Mm. All the air out of the balloon, and uh, every problem that Buffalo had. They had a two game losing streak early, and Josh Allen sort of came down to earth. Didn't look. Didn't look. Uh, you know, looked human, and uh, that's what happens. And people expose the, the flaws. They don't win another game, so they finish seven and nine. <laughs> Uh, and the Patriots, uh, you know, the Patriots are four and five right now. So they they win uh, six out of their last seven. They finish ten and six, kind of limp into the playoffs. Not limp. I mean, they're going to be on a major roll. <clears throat> and I think maybe the Giants, New England. I think Giants, New England. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. 
Giants, New England. And maybe New England beats Pittsburgh, who is 16-0 and in the championship game, to kind of get some, you know. Or maybe Miami does that. Wouldn't that be fun? I you think know? it's I think it's so uh it's so fun because there's never been the quarterback talent across the board uh, in the NFL as there is now. You you've got so many teams that their quarterback can legit win 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 you games. They can score mm-hmm. 30 points a game. Like they mm-hmm. they're never out of it. And you it's a it's a great mix going on right now cuz you've got these 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 rookie quarterbacks and Herbert Burrow, I mean, Kyler's two years in, uh, Tua now, um, that are showing, gosh, that they belong. And then you've got these middle of the road, you know, prime in their prime career guys like Wilson and Mahomes and, you know, that are, you know, they're still doing their thing. And then you've got guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, who are Drew Brees, to, if Drew he's Brees, back, who are supposed to be, you know, on the tail end of their career and they're still performing better than they've ever performed. So, it's because there's such a good quarterback play and every, a lot of teams have that. I think it's anybody's it's, it's anybody's uh, game. Yeah. And we don't know with COVID too, that you, Mm -hmm. you may lose a key player. You know, Jeff was mentioning earlier, go get offensive linemen. If you're a certain team, you know, some team loses their left tackle who none of us can name. And all of a sudden they go from, you know, three to five to win the thing to uh, holy hell, they'll be lucky to get any game. So yeah, there, there are a lot of moving pieces this season, and there is, there's a lot of good quarterback play. I will say, uh, Brian, I'm, I'm sure you're not a, a, a regular listener. Um, but, uh, I work we, from we, home, we, John, and I can't really listen to podcasts anymore. I understand. I completely, there, you really, there needs to be no excuse. But we're, <laughs> we're talking about, you know, these young quarterbacks are also a benefit of playing on the road in empty stadiums. Mm-hmm. So let's see when the Justin Herberts of the world and the Joe Burr, who I think are going to be very good. But let's see when, you know, when all of your audibles have to be with hand signals, you know, in an end zone in those situations. So I think it's, I think it's really good for them because they're getting to adjust to the speed of the game. And then they'll be able to add in the extra added crowd thing when we can do that again in 2031 or 32. Well, and quarterbacks are so much more prepared nowadays with all of yeah. the, uh, you know, uh, elite 11 in high school and, and the, these college quarterbacks are running pro systems. I mean, they're, 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 they're ready to go. Like right when they get in they're they're, they're And the pro systems are using the college. We talk about the run pass mm-hmm. option, all this stuff. The pro systems are actually using these things out of their college offenses that they're bringing to the game. So yeah, yeah. you're right. It's exciting. So how about this from 10,000 feet? We have these quarterbacks coming in that are over, that are as prepared as they ever have been. We have defensive linemen coming in and immediately wreaking havoc, <laughs> immediately wreaking havoc. And the, the NFL sort of almost going like if you have a great quarterback and you have a great defensive end that can make essentially the rest of your defense great because you, you put so much pressure on their offensive line. Uh, is that the equivalent of what baseball seemingly has come to? Which let's get a bunch of home run hitters and a bunch of strikeout pitchers. Let's just strike people out or hit home runs. Let's just throw for 400 yards. Or have a guy who's got, you know, 18 sacks in the season and makes the rest of his line, the rest of his defense. In a way, it feels like that's what's happening in the NFL, like what's happening in Major League Baseball. Johnny? Well, yeah, I mean, I think I think certainly to uh, to a certain respect that that's true. But also, let's look at the teams that are starting to trend in the right direction. We mentioned the New York Giants. We have to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. And even though Dalvin Cook didn't have a big, I mean, he, he has been on the com. What's New England doing now that sort of turned things around? They, they are using their six foot six inch, 240 round pound quarterback to, to run kind of a power running game. So I think what you're seeing, Mark, is you're seeing a good dichotomy between teams that can do that and go out and be flashy and then teams that are saying, well, you know, if we, if it's a nine minute drive for a touchdown on the ground, Patrick Mahomes isn't on the field or Kyler Murray's not on the field. So I think there's a little bit of the other teams, maybe teams that aren't quite as talented on the outside, uh, the skill position player wise are realizing or their skill position players, uh, their A plus players are in the backfield. We can keep those offenses off the field and we can neutralize what, what neutralizes a, a, a fast pass rushing defensive end, but a running game. I would say that that's very true, but it's about neutralizing the overarching strategy going on in the NFL. 
in Major League Baseball, you wait on the pitch. You, you take a lot. You, you don't swing at a lot of those pitches. You you try and take away the, the the power pitcher's advantage, and you make them have the control they have to have to do this. You don't just you know wail it at, at things like that. And and in terms of uh, in in terms of you know, so those are just strategies to neutralize the overarching, uh, I don't know, narrative of each sport. And I think, obviously, running the ball is how you do that because you keep Patrick Mahomes on, on the sideline, to your point, and you rest up your defense as well. But um, I don't know. That's what it just seems. It's like you, you look at the, the Rams right now. You look at the Rams, and they've got Aaron Darnold, uh, Aaron Donald, and they, and they have you know, their, their quarterback, Goff, who if he's on and McVay is having an on day, I mean, that's all that team needs, <laughs> really. To be a good team yeah. and to beat anyone. If that's not working, you know, they, they lose the 49ers. They, they lose to the Dolphins. Right. But they, it just, I don't know, just a theory. Because yeah, that's he, what I noticed in the World Series, like, you know, or in the, all the playoffs this year. It's like the only way anyone ever scored a run was through a home run. Oh. Uh, it, was, it was as fascist a postseason, from your point of view, John Pelkey, as there ever has been. Oh, my. How many times did we, one of the one of the color announcers, whether it was John Smoltz or Ron Darling or something, say, well, this would be a great time to steal a base, which clearly they won't do. I mean, it was just, it was again and again and again. Yeah, it's, it's become, you know, chicks dig the long ball. Uh, that great old commercial with uh, Maddox and Glavin. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that, but I do think in the NFL, I think again, these teams that have found themselves recently and to, you know, maybe it is too far down the line for new England to get back in the playoff hunt, but, uh, certainly the giants in the NFC East oh, find no, they're, themselves they're, there. They're right there, man. They're right there. And, uh, Minnesota played a subpar game against, you know, granted, maybe the most limited offensive team in the history of the national football league, the Chicago bears, but, uh, they, uh, with Dalvin cook. That running game, a smart, efficient quarterback not turning it over, that, that's still there, there's still a lot of uh, currency in the NFL for that as well. I know. You're never going to let go of that stuff, John. Never going to let go of the You throw the football, two bad things can happen. Three things can happen. Two of them are bad, Mark. Two of them are bad. Woody Hayes, go ahead. What, you know, what line are you going to punch in the throat now, Johnny? Yeah, I'm smacking you in the throat. <laughs> we were here right now. I, I'd take a swing at you. Woody <laughs> Hayes should be president. They wouldn't be in the streets if Woody were president. He'd throttle them all. There you go. There you go. Woody there Hayes. He's Ohio State fan. Uh, he's now more from just angry old guy to angry old Ohio State fan because it's just more It's just more fun, people. Let's be honest. It's just right. more fun. Nice segue. What about the NCAA? Is there any likely, unlikely scenario where – a team other than Clemson or Alabama or Ohio State or, you know, the, the number four team could be Notre Dame, could be Florida. I mean, is, is there a scenario where a Cincinnati sneaks in, a BYU sneaks in? Uh, some of these teams that are 8, 9, 10, 7, 8, 9, 10, any scenario at all? Uh, d- let me ask you this before you answer this. Oftentimes, John, you have said the Pac-12 has a shot because they're not, in a way, because they are playing less games. Yep. And, if, and if there's a team that goes 6-0 and then wins a championship game, Pac-12 championship game, they go 7-0, it's going to be hard to deny a Pac-12 team that has done that. Yes. What about the idea of a Cincinnati or a BYU that have already played eight or nine, eight or nine games, that they just haven't been hit by this thing, and they actually finish a season? There's more chances to get injured. There's more chances for things to happen, and they've navigated it. A lot better than you know. What's Wisconsin played two games so far? Right, right, yeah. I I think or, I still think it's Ohio difficult. State, no, Ohio State played three. Yeah, I still think it's difficult, Mark, because of what you bring up, because of the Wisconsin's and the Oregon's. Maybe not Oregon as much because of only the six game regular season schedule. But Texas A and M has to be in the mix as well. Remember, you know. It, We've seen Alabama trip up before on the way to the uh, on the way to uh, the SEC championship. Um, a one loss Texas A&M team. I, I just think the the big conference bias and in a year and, and I'm sorry, follow the money in a year when revenue is down across college football. The idea that the powers that be barring, you know, a just a, a glaring difference in records 
would put a zero-loss Cincinnati or BYU team in over a one-loss SEC team in a time where they need advertising dollars. And no offense to the Bearcats or BYU. I think they're both good football teams. I think they would survive well in, in hell, they might win the SEC, at least finish second uh, in the SEC uh, by pulling off one upset, clearly. Um, I, I just think it's going to be very, very difficult in that year. I think they're going to, they're going to trend towards the big conference teams. All right. I, I, I see. I have, I have a point to make on that. But before we do, we've got to say goodbye to Brian Winnegar, former producer of After Further View. Uh, giant. Giant in many, many industries. Yeah. Giant in the Ferreira family as well. Brian, thank you for joining us. I, I texted the whole family, and, and, and the, 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 the thread went nuts. It exploded. My phone exploded. People were so happy about it. So thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks, I'm glad I can, I, can bring, I can bring listeners and viewers to the, the program. <laughs> you can. Thank, you can. Thank you so much. This was great. It was fun. Um, have me back anytime. Thanks, yep. Jeff. Appreciate it. Anytime. They're great. Stay we'll safe. do it again. We'll do it again. So what about the idea then, Johnny, about uh, if it's all about the money, yeah. about following the money. Yeah. Expand the playoff? Yes. 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 <laughs> I completely agree. I think everybody on this show, including Jeff, is like, why wouldn't you, given the opportunity this year, you're, you're down in revenue. Clearly, you're going to expand, get more people, more teams involved. Get one, finally get one of those teams outside of a power five involved. Because, Mark, and I've said this too, if you want to prove that they can't play with you, let them try to play with you once. And if Cincinnati loses by 60, then maybe you've made 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 a point, but I think I think it's short sighted. I think it's very short sighted, and of course the NCAA. So of course they'd be short sighted and stupid. I mean, if it's all about revenue, if it's all yeah. about the revenue. Don't yeah. you think a first round playoff game between Cincinnati and Alabama is going to get more viewers than Cincinnati going to the Idaho Potato Bowl? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Might not benefit the people in uh, Idaho as much, but yeah, no, I completely agree. But I think what National they'll do overnight ratings. I think what they'll do is they'll go for the money in the uh, in the less scrupulous way, um, and the more. And again, they just fear change. It's so monolithic. We can't add another team until we've had meetings for a decade and 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 brought Bear Bryant back from the dead and see how he'd feel about it. Uh, it they'll they'll go for the quick buck, which is you know what if we put. Wisconsin and Ohio State, or we put uh, Florida and Georgia, or excuse me, and Alabama in the game, Notre Dame and Clemson, that's a better idea than leaving one of those teams out and putting, you know, a a team from a a small conference. And plus, part of what pushed all of this towards a college football playoff was BYU winning the national championship. People didn't care for that at all because they couldn't back then. Remember, they played in the Holiday Bowl, so they had to play like a two-loss Pittsburgh team or something it, it that year. 30 years. It took it 30 did. years. Well, that's to my point. To my point. 1984 and I think 2014 or 2015 was the first college football. To my ball. point exactly. So that's why they're not going to pull off a four a four team playoff even in a year where it makes complete sense. More reason to roll your eyes about college football as a sport. It's it's my favorite sport, but I it's it's the same as I, I struggle. One of my boutique sports is I love Formula One racing, but you know going into a Formula One season that there are two teams that could win the championship, and in any given race with you know 22 drivers, there are four to five guys who, are, who could win that race, and that's it. And it takes some of the luster off. I agree. NCAA bad. All right. Uh, do you, so you agree, Jeff, you don't think there's any chance in hell that a Cincinnati or BYU gets in any, any scenario at all? No, they're too many good one loss team from power conferences. They're expanding the playoffs. This is the year that it should be done. They could make a lot more. I don't know how the television, I mean, it's all television revenue at this point. And I don't know how the television revenue would be. Say again. They could pick up. They could play them in. The, I'm telling you right now. Here's how it would work: is they they play one in a, in a Peach Bowl, one of the earlier ones. You know, pick one of the second right. level bowl, the Citrus Bowl. They'd be able to charge more for the advertising, and I think yeah. they'd be, you know, depending on what they're locked into right now. But again, this is this is COVID year, and uh, if people are gathering around the television sets anyway in record numbers. So I would think it would be it just it just seems yeah. short sighted. 
Yeah, I, I think a lot of the time what drives them continuing to do what Mark hates is that it does bring a lot of revenue to a lot of cities that wouldn't necessarily have it. And yep. that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I kind of I kind of side with that. But now that that money is not going to be there, they should absolutely try to make those games matter more for television revenue. Hopefully they will. That would be really cool to see because the argument that the best argument that everybody always has is that if Cincinnati goes in and plays in Alabama, they have no chance. And that could be true, but I'd like to find out. I mean, yeah. it would be really fun to see a Cincinnati take out an Alabama and then lose in the next round. Fine. But but that, that argument then would be moot because we could always say, well, Cincinnati beat Alabama. And it, it's one of the things we love about March Madness is the mid-majors can beat these teams. And, and, and sometimes even schools. Well, matchup. <laughs> Some teams. Every, it's, it's, it's proven that. It's matchup. It's that. It's what matchup do you get? And that's more interesting. But again, I think you could add to, you know, again, if the Peach Bowl or the Citrus Bowl has a game now that is part of a larger playoff, those are games that do very well anyway. Citrus Bowl generally sells out here in Orlando. It's a New Year's Day Bowl. But it would be just e even bigger, even bigger in this situation. But I'm afraid, I think another one of the, the situations is, is because they've been so, they've dug in their heels so much about this is our playoff now. We're not discussing expansion. We'll even down the road that if the, we let that genie out of the bottle and it was really, really successful, that they would be left with egg on their face. But again, they'd have more money. That's Isn't the that thing. That's the point? thing is that, yeah, I'm, I really, I really just wonder why there's, I can't understand. There's, it's, it's dumb. There's no reasoning behind why they don't expand it other than that these kids have to play more games. It's hard to, to have a compressed schedule like that. With and this would be the one year where they might not be playing more games because they yeah. might lose games to the exactly. COVID. They might end up playing a larger playoff and fewer games in the and end. Oh, by the way, FCS does it every single year. Every yeah. and it's, time. And, and it's and really, really popular. And it, and it works, and it's popular, and they would make more money. And you're right. You use the Peach Bowl, the Liberty Bowl. Yes, you know, whatever you use the Liberty Bowl. It doesn't, Liberty bowl. It doesn't matter what bowl you use. It's the bowl that it's on at 8 p.m. on national right. TV on uh, Saturday night, three and you weeks can, before the national championship. That's that's going to be fine. Yeah, and if it gets popular, then you can rotate those bowls. Doesn't mean that the, every the FedEx Liberty Bowl or whatever in the hell it is, uh, the R&L helicopters, Bulan, there there are Blue enough Bustin of bowl. There are enough of those major bowl games that are New Year's Eve, New Year's Day games, so on and so forth that. They have enough room where they would have a large revenue game already yeah. that could just slot right in. The Capital One Bowl, the yeah. the the Peach Bowl, as you said, those big the Tax Slayer in Jacksonville, the former Gator Bowl, uh, yeah, the I mean, Independence they... Bowl. There, yes, there are plenty of those that would benefit from it, and and I think we will eventually get there, and we'll look back a decade from now. But Mark, you made the the, the most convincing argument that it won't happen when I mentioned that everyone will tell you that BYU winning the national championship upset the power conferences and they put the put everything in motion and it took them 30 years yes or more 30 years i don't know what it is either jeff it's almost as if ego is somehow a gr greater than greed and that is odd <laughs> With the you NCAA, know, yes. yes. usually they're hand in hand usually they're hand in hand but in this case, ego is beating greed, and that is not the American way. When you when you pick it apart, though, it doesn't even really make sense to these other schools, like like the the power conferences. It doesn't even really make sense to them. Their boosters aren't going anywhere. The revenue is not going anywhere. BYU is never going to overtake an SEC team as far as the money flowing in. It's and just there's a better a chance they won a championship. And there's a better chance year into year that you would then get two SEC teams in two Big Ten teams, because the argument against it is now a bit moot because it's like, well, you know what? Yes, the one loss uh, Wisconsin team is better than because they'll say that is better than Cincinnati, better than BYU. Um, so it's uh, it, yeah, it honestly makes no sense on any level, which explains exactly why the NCAA is doing it. Because they are as nonsensical a decision-making unit as you will find anywhere on Earth. That's saying something. Yeah, it really is. It really is. <laughs> it just is. It, All right. It makes so more sense. Normally, we would uh, give the progressive uh, answer out. Uh, I'll just say um, Bobby Tolan. 
Bobby Tolan. And <laughs> wow, that would have been a tough one. That would have been that would have been a tough one. That would have been a tough one. Bobby Mike Tolan. Lum, ladies and gentlemen. Mike, Mike Lum. Lum. Another old Cincinnati guy. Bobby <laughs> Tolan as well. Nice work. All right. So that'll be it. That was fun. Thanks to Brian Winnegar. That was a yeah. uh, you know, all of our all of our uh fans that number well today was about seven or eight, yeah. uh, including Joaquin Balagar. So thanks for joining us, Joaquin. Today that was uh, a lot of fun, but uh, and Brian, I'm going to make. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, Mark. I'm going to make a. I want to make a uh, a projection for tonight, and my projection is because they've talked about how much movement there can be. There will be absolutely no movement in the NBA yes. draft. No yes. one will make a single trade because Every, that if death taxes the NCAA making a shitty decision, and anytime you talk about movement in a draft, uh, it will completely go away. Yep. Any any speculative uh, analysis will be wrong. You can count on all speculative analysis <laughs> to be wrong, whether it's uh, politics or whether it's sports. Speculative no analysis. one knows what the hell they're talking about. Perfect. Uh, and that's why, you know, we really should have a bigger niche than we do. We're valid. We're valid. We admit it. We don't know where we're talking about. We have about. total credibility because we're right in line with all of those other speculators out there. Yeah. Uh, our our, our panning for gold, we just didn't, don't have a big enough pan or something like that. We're all speculators, and we're just sort of on the, the short end of the stick or the, the end of the river or whatever it is. And, you know, I thought, and I'm thinking this is yeah, something, too. I was thinking this show may have been, this show really would have hit a niche if we'd have gotten through the entire thing, and I thought we had without okay. talking about the Dallas Cowboys, but I forgot about the Jones boys Alamo scenario that I set up. Now that, Damn that was it. worth it. That was worth it. <laughs> they barricaded themselves because they got so paranoid because they're just doing all kinds of lines. They can just sleep till the draft. Can't sleep till the draft. We got to put this back together. Talking there's, about Tennessee. There's something, there's something exciting going on down there. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's something hilarious. special going on down there. Yeah, baby. <laughs> hey, you know, what, what can I tell you? <laughs> uh, all right. For Brian Winnegar, for John Pelkey. For Jeff Taylor, I'm Mark Furr. Thanks for everyone who joined us, and we will be back on Friday with another episode of After Further Review. Stay safe, everyone. Stay safe, everyone.